So welcome to another episode of Behind the Host, and I've got an incredible host all the way from USA with me today. His name's to Toby Dior. Have I pronounced that correctly? Correct. Awesome. He's a college professor, travel blogger, author in the recent Hospitable Hosts book. He's the founder and CEO of Cajun Stays, uh, based in Lafayette in Louisiana, in the USA. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to have you on the uh, on the show today. And if anybody doesn't know uh, Toby, please go and check him out on Instagram, the Cajun Traveler and his business Cajun Stays, which is uh, incredible. I mean, the, the places you've been to, Toby, are absolutely amazing. There's photos on there, but welcome along. Thank you for being here. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so we've obviously known each other what, about a year now because of Legends X training. Uh, thanks to Eric Moa and Jasper Rivers. Uh, awesome going through that. Let's start just by telling us a bit about your business and uh, a brief history of how you got into hosting. Um, well, my background is a university professor. I was teaching uh, athletic training and sports medicine. And um, I always had some type of side project going on. And actually at the time um, when I learned about Airbnb, it was virtually unknown here in Lafayette. It, it had really just started in its first year in California. And I was running two music venues um, and teaching five days a week at the university, doing research on committees and then running, booking like six bands a week. And uh, it was really starting to wear on me a little bit um, after I, I did it for about three years. And then a band from California, I told them that I was ready to drop everything and rent a car and I wanted to drive to Canada and back. And, um, and so that's, that's how it started. They told, they told, I wrote it down on a cocktail napkin, Airbnb in Marfa, Texas. And the next morning I woke up and I looked at it and I, I got on the internet and, and I kind of remember the conversation, but, um, at the time I was reading a book called the joy of less, which is a minimalist book. It's one of the most popular minimalist books out there and I was literally cleaning out my three bedroom house because I was living in a three bedroom house by myself and um, and so it all kind of just happened all, all together so I actually listed my house and one of the rooms in my house uh, initially on Airbnb before I ever stayed in Airbnb so they they mentioned using Airbnb as I went along the way as a means of saving money instead of staying in hotels and this is back in 2013. So, um, you know, I stayed in a, uh, you know, about halfway through the trip, I was getting flooded with messages on my phone because people wanted to stay in my spare bedroom. But these guys had booked out the whole house for two months. And now those were my, were my second guests. And so, yeah, about halfway through the trip, I booked a, a a dome concrete shelter off the grid in the desert of Texas. I stayed in a teepee nice. in downtown Portland in the backyard of the girl that was hosting. And just stayed in some, and that was Airbnb back then. It was mostly you stayed in somebody's house with them or at their house while they were there. That's um, very much more traditional how it started that side of things, isn't it? And uh, with, with that, when you're away and you've just let out your house or, or your room in your household to, to these two guys, was there any kind of steep learning curves? Because having not stayed in an Airbnb yourself. Would you yeah, so um, I had one couple that had come in from New Orleans, which is two hours away. 
and they stayed one night while I was um, I, I wasn't even around. So they had the whole house. And so they, these guys were my second guests and they were here for work. And it was amazing because they kept in touch with my dad. And I think there was some type of plumbing or electrical problem. And these guys were literally like um, they were setting up um, air conditioning systems and freezer systems for for a chain of um, drugstores. So like these guys were handymen. And uh, oh, by the way, we fixed this and we fixed that. <laughs> so that was not the problem at all. And I mean, hey, you don't get that very often. You don't get that very often with with guests. But that is awesome to have somebody who's hands on and, and able to just sort stuff. But... And it was it was so interesting because they had um, they had two guys and it was a big house and they they got to invite their families to come and stay with them, which they never got to do when they were traveling for work, but they had such a big house. Again, this is now you, now it's happening all the time, but back then Airbnb, they would have had to book four hotel rooms. And uh, so, yeah, it was, um, it, it really worked out well. The other interesting thing about it was I didn't, I, it was two months had gone by. I was traveling around in a rental car. I had no idea people were reviewing me. And so when I got back to Airbnb, got back home, and decided I wanted to look into this further, I had all these positive reviews about the, from the people I'd stayed with. And I, you know, and I just saw it all at once when I got home, I was like, oh, okay. They're actually reviewing me. I didn't even know how the process worked. I was doing it all on my phone. I was doing everything on the app. I mean, I didn't have a laptop at the time, so it was interesting. That's awesome though, that you had loads of positive reviews. And I guess a lot of people have stayed with you, but they hadn't been being reviewed then? Was that a case of just a discovery at that time? Um, I didn't know how the Airbnb worked. I didn't, I, I, I wasn't familiar with the system. I just wasn't aware that, um, uh, I mean, I had a feeling that they, you know, people would review the house, but I didn't know that, that the opposite was happening, that they were reviewing me as a guest. Yeah. And it really, made a huge difference um, when I got home and I unblocked the house, the guys moved out, they, they booked it for two months. And then, man, and I took a trip to Europe, a backpacking trip and stayed in my first hostel mm -hmm. and my entire world changed. I mean, that's when I, uh, when I got back from that two month trip, I cleaned my office out, I had a home office, which I didn't need. I put bunk beds in it, put locks on the doors rented this apartment that I'm in now and and started living here in a little small one bed uh, efficiency apartment and um and yeah it just it just took off from there and so that was uh that was a big part uh, I basically turned my house into a mini hostel you know that 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 kind of uh experience that gives me goosebumps just hearing that you've spotted the opportunity as soon as you've stayed somewhere and you've come back and you've immediately taken action to to make a few changes. You've you've looked at the rooms, going, Do you know what? That could be cash flowing for me. Let's let's change that around. People are going to want to stay here. And like you say, even to the extent where you've moved out, and then you can always let your entire home, which you know useful was probably better, more profitable, and probably better for the guests to stay in the entire place than a, a single room. So yeah, you, you you done that with your first place. You you know you 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 carried on being able to travel. Talk me through, you're now at 21 properties uh, I saw on the website. Talk me through how you started adding more and more properties. And, you know, was that gradual or was that um, 
Yeah, was that yeah another? Um, another another professor that I was friends with told me about this apartment. And I said, look, I just need to find a small place. Uh, I don't need uh, a three bedroom house. I'm looking for a place to rent. I plan on starting to travel a lot more. And he and his girlfriend kind of looked at each other and were like, we know the perfect spot. And um, my rent has not gone up since that day, which is incredible. But uh, and I haven't stayed here in over a year. But I, I rented this place and then I let the owner of the house know, hey, I'm, when I'm traveling, I'm going to put it on Airbnb. And so that was part of the, the, you know, they had to go through the lease and block that out. My next door neighbor um, was having his house repeatedly just trashed. When people would move in six months, they would move out and not say anything. Uh, then he was, he, you know, he had to find new tenants. And he knew what I was doing next door. Well, he lives across the street, but he owned a house next door to me. So we kind of were just like, well, why don't I just put it on Airbnb and, you know, I'll manage it. And it was funny because I was like, what sounds good? 20%, which like uh, eight years later, I find out, well, that's kind of the industry standard. That's, that's exactly perfect, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and and it, it was like... I, and so within the first year of me knowing about Airbnb, I was doing owner management, co-hosting and rental arbitrage. Yeah, that is incredible. Property. And, and to hear Jasper and Eric and, and Julie and them talk about that in the training and have these names for them. That was it, it was just kind of surreal for me. I was like, this is a thing. <laughs> one thing so, I noticed, yeah. one thing I noticed from this is the fact that, you know, there's a few themes here that people listening could really pick up on, which is one, when you see the opportunity, go for it, you know, like you, you took action and, and you've gone for it straight away. But also the, you know, rental arbitrage for, for those in the UK is rent to rent. Uh, and the idea is that you're taking somebody else's property and you're letting it for more per night than you are for the cost of the entire monthly rental. So you're making a profit, uh, you know, while you're doing it. Now, the benefit to that, some people would go, well, couldn't the owner just go that, just do that instead? Well, they could, but then they've got the hassle of dealing with the cleans, they're dealing with the communication of the guests. And this is where you've come in and you've said, right, for 20% of the income, I'll take that on. Um, or you're renting the property like the one you've got now, and you're making a, you know, it's, it's paying for your rent and then probably giving you some profit as well, which is incredible. And the icing on the cake is actually it's better for the landlord to have somebody who's looking after the place who knows they're running it as a business and therefore has got to have the cleaner going in regularly, um, got to do the the maintenance and that sort of thing. It's just, it works out better for everyone. And of course, the end result is you have happy guests come and stay and enjoy your properties, which, which is incredible. So um, one thing I've got to ask is Cajun Stays, where does the name come from? So the word Cajun comes from a town called, there's a town called Acadie in New Brunswick, Canada. And my ancestors, uh, 200 years ago, they were refugees. They were deported, and um, and it, it was a political situation. And they ended up um, in South Texas and South Louisiana. And um, the name of our region um, in this in this area, which it's it's a small part of the southern west part of Louisiana in the state of Louisiana, it's called Acadiana. Um, and, it, and it's named after Acadie in Canada. And um, the sun, there's so many different stories because it wasn't well documented, but basically they didn't want to pronounce Acadians. 
because mm-hmm. they're Acadians in Canada. They're, they're French speaking Canadians. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so they just say, we're just going to call you Cajun. Cajun. Um, yeah. And I, I've had a lot of thoughts about changing my blog and just blogging about actually what Cajun is. Um, because in America, it's known as it's spicy food. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's all people know. It's spicy food. But that's, uh, that's exactly why I asked. I thought I can't yeah. not ask the question because that's such. A, first of all, it's sticky and memorable. Do you know what I mean? Like as soon as you said Cajun stays, as, as soon as uh, I knew you were coming on the on the podcast, like instantly I could picture your business because from the very first time I heard it, it's very easy to find and, and stuff like that. So I had just had to find out the uh, the reason behind the name, and it's it's really cool for guests to have a place which you know is celebrating the heritage of the region do you know what i mean that's yeah. that's awesome so so yeah it's it's, cre- it's getting a lot of attention i just got back from a travel bloggers conference last week um up in in washington state and the next conference before the pandemic was scheduled for lafayette so we have 300 travel bloggers it's now rescheduled for this coming october so the place right before the pandemic was getting ready to explode um a lot of people have this misperception that um, New Orleans is where you go to experience Cajun culture. And New Orleans is not in Acadiana, which is what I just explained. It's not even in that area. It's an amazing city. Uh, I'll probably end up moving there one day. Um, but it, this is where real Cajun. And the way the link, the link to that is that the tourism boards and the traditional chain hotels would not really push that mm. the explosion of airbnb here in lafayette really happened at, um you know through local hosts telling their guests oh wait no you you don't want to go eat cajun food in new orleans you need to go to lafayette and that happened through airbnb and so um and then the original name of my business i'm wearing a t-shirt it was cajun hostel yeah and once we got to about 10 12 properties and we were like renting out full houses. Well, I hired a consulting company. We changed the logo and, and that's what became Cajun Stays. What sticks out to me there is just being authentic. You know, it's one of the things where people come and stay with Airbnb hosts that you don't get if you go to a corporate hotel is you get the real story. You get the best places to eat. You get, you know, where to go and visit and you get the story behind every booking. And that's one thing that, uh, you know, Boosley and Mark talks about a lot, but also there's a story behind every host. So, you know, it's, it's exciting. People go to Airbnbs because they are different and unique and they know they're going to have a different experience. Certainly that's why I, I stay in them. And uh, not only that, it's just great to have a kitchen, isn't it? Who doesn't want a bit more space when you stay in places? So obviously you travel a lot, Toby. And I noticed on your travel blog that it says you've been to over 50 countries. So when you're traveling around, does that does that present any, um, you know, any challenges when you're traveling a lot to be able to run these, this property and your management company, who do you need on your team to be able to help you with that? Uh, my, uh, this is amazing. So my virtual assistant, that is my reservations manager and guest relations manager. He's been with me for six years. And so that was another thing going through the accelerator program and talking about virtual assistants. Um, I, about a year after, um, I believe it was a four-hour work week came out, you know, less than a year after, I, I hired a virtual assistant. Like, it was like that. And the, the crazy thing is, I had four or five guys that, I, I mean, I spent three days with them, and I let them go. I let them go. 
And then I found this one guy, Alex, and he's been with me for six years. And so he is really the key and he's done everything. He's done bookkeeping, he's done marketing, he's done. Uh, but when we started to really grow, um, then we just let, you know, what, what his favorite part of the job and something he could do when he traveled was to handle the reservations. So that virtual assistant is the key. And when I listen to people talk about uh, when we were going through the accelerator program with Legends X um, was, yeah, I'm thinking about the virtual assistant thing. And I wanted to just stop and say, stop right now, everything you're doing and get on Upwork or get on virtual staff finder and don't do anything else and hire a VA. Even if it doesn't work out, you find a new one and just go through that process because it is a game changer whether you're traveling or not it, it's the number one thing that you need to do if you you're thinking about managing even one property while you're traveling it's game changer it's a game changer to have just stuff on hand like you say people are worried because it's virtual that they might not get the same kind of um you know the same kind of help they need as if they've got somebody local, but it is a different concept. First of all, the hours are very different, so you can have somebody overnight a lot easier. Um, and not only that, it's it's just a case of having somebody who's on hand who's happy to work pretty much, you know, the, the hours you need. So um, have you got more than one now? Is there a few virtual assistants? Uh, yeah, so I've, I mean, I've, I've had dozens of uh, different virtual assistants coming in and out. But I mean, I mentioned I have the travel blog and uh, I'm still teaching full time, but but online, 100 percent online. And so I have them doing different tasks. They're all not just working for Cajun stays. Um, I, so I have um, three other virtual assistants right now in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm actually going to visit them in a few few weeks. Um, um, I'm, I'm taking a flight there in about 10 days. So I'm excited to do that and meet them in person. Um, but so they cool. handle things that's, like that's, social media. Yeah. And you're the first person who's just saying before the call, you're the first person that I've ever met who's gone out there and met your, your VAs, which is amazing for them. It'll build, uh, you know, sort of uh, it'll build a bond, but also, you know, that's, that's just a really cool thing to do, go out there and actually, uh, spend some time with them. So that, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's, um, and, and, and they do multiple different things. They work with social media. Uh, I have some with revenue management. So, uh, if we get into tech stack, we'll, you know, like our pricing software. Um, so they, they do different types of things. Um, Alex mainly handles the reservations. And then I, I mean, of course I have a team here. So I have, uh, two managers, um, who split, split duties, and then my housekeepers, basically, I have my five housekeepers, and um, I require my managers always to um, to continue to uh, clean houses and, and be housekeepers. That's how they all started. So they started as housekeepers, and I promote them as manager. I never went out and found and, and hired a manager for a short-term rental business. Um, some of, I always saw the ones that I did move into management um and i took them out of housekeeping that's when problems started to happen and so i just made it a rule you know it's like you're gonna two days a week you're gonna go in and clean the houses uh even though you're the general manager of the whole company and i have an operations uh, manager as well and so that's just a, a rule that I, I like to follow because i do it myself <laughs> if it gets really busy i mean i'm gonna get on my knees and clean the toilet and because that's what they and they know that that's what i gotta do 
if a, if a housekeeper quits, uh, if I happen to be in the country. Um, but yeah, so you, you got to set that standard for, for, and it, it's just something that I feel personally, um, um, really strong about. Hey, that's leadership. That is, that is just jumping in and doing what you need to do, but that is awesome to, to hear that you're willing to, to, to jump in and, uh, and, and get the job done. Because if you, if they see you doing it, they're much more likely to do it, you know, and, and they'll always think of that example. So, uh, you know, that shows real leadership on them. You mentioned yeah. the the tech stack um, it, briefly. I just want to touch on. You mentioned Upwork. Where did you get your? Uh, where did you find VAs? Was that through Upwork? Um, Alex was through Upwork. Um, the two uh, two of the virtual assistants in the Philippines were also from Upwork, and I just hired a general VA um, after reading Virtual Staff Finder and and. Um, so this person, I actually used the, um, the company, um, Virtual Staff Finder, um, and uh, that she's basically uh, takes care of a lot of other things, personal things, basically a personal assistant, yeah. but, but is most heavily involved in, um, in the Airbnb business when she does other things. Uh, but she's, uh, yeah, she's basically a virtual assistant and that was the only one right now that I found through virtual staff finder. That's cool. So That's I really cool. only have experience. I know there's a bunch out there. Um, it's just basically whether or not, um, you know, that you have the upfront cost to find for with virtual staff finder where Upwork you go in. Uh, I recently took the other three virtual assistants off of, uh, Upwork because you know they they've been with me a while and I, I pay um, a flat salary. One of the best things that this virtual assistant, the new virtual assistant, brought to me was um, transfer wise was a, a way to internationally pay, and I, I didn't know about it. And I was paying um, through Upwork, which is an amazing site. I love Upwork, um, but these people have been with me for a while, and so I trust them, and so that was pretty cool. To, to get all the virtual assistants up on, on TransferWise. That's such a top tip. TransferWise is such a better value way to transfer, isn't there? And I know there's a lot of new, uh, potentially other ways through, through crypto and stuff like that, but TransferWise is what I use with, with, with my VA. And uh, also, like you say, people listening, just to be made aware of, if you haven't ever been on Upwork, just punch it in, go online on Upwork, and you'll be able to see how easy it is to, to find people to, to help you with your business and to help it grow and virtual staff finder as well so we touched on the tech stack there so what tech and obviously i know like you say there's a lot of tech within your business what piece of tech do you absolutely swear by and think everyone should have it doesn't have to be you know something well known it can be something uh you know sort of that you just like about your business uh but anything I think, that uh, one thing that surprised um when we were going through our training and you know that um eric and jasper julia that yeah that they've uh, even though I've done this probably longer than they have, um, I think I've been hosting, like this was just a side project for me and they live this industry. And whenever I brought that up to the whole group that I use uh, timesheets, uh, used to be called T-sheets, mm -hmm. which is, uh, to, this is how my housekeepers and managers clock in and out. And so this is, uh, it's owned by QuickBooks and it's, uh, um, and it is a GPS system and it, um, so that every time they get to the house, they clean multiple houses in one day, they log into that house 
And then when they weren't done cleaning that house, they log out. Uh, and so if you're paying by the hour, which I still do, um, that is one of the, the things that it's, it's not popular amongst the, um, the short-term rental managers that, that I've talked to. So that's one of the unique things that I use. Um, what was that uh, called again? Just so uh, it's called T sheets, but, uh, I think they changed the name to time sheets mm -hmm. and it's and it's owned by QuickBooks. So you log in through QuickBooks. Um, so yeah. And then, um, but our PMS is, is, um, we were with your Porter, um, Alex found, went out and I let him go out and found it cause that's his baby and that's what he does. And, um, we thought about when Guesty bought out your Porter and changed it to Guesty for hosts. Um, basically they're marketing it as people who have smaller companies, uh, you, you know, Guesty for hosts is okay. And, um, you know, he's just so comfortable with Guesty for host and was with your Porter. And, you know, I left that decision up to him. And I think that's critical. Another critical thing about um, managing company and leading a company. It's like, you know, I'm not going to force that. And especially if it's, it's a tool that he uses all day long, you know, and he wants to keep it there. One unique thing about our company, we manage 21 houses, but we have over 50 listings because we have bunk beds and we have private rooms and we have a lot of private, we have three, four houses that are set up hostel style nice. with bunk beds. And it's not very popular in the United States like it is um, in Europe. And so we have a tremendous amount of listings. And so, and then we're on four different channels. We do direct booking through our site. And so we're still able to do it with Guesty for Hosts. Um, uh, even though um, we, it's been recommended that we should move up to the to the guesty platform, um, it's still working for us. So we're not going to fix anything that isn't broken. Like you say, if 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 it works, it works. And uh, ultimately, a lot of people always ask the question: of Go, you know, what what channel manager, what PMS should I be with? And there's so many different ones out there. Every single one can help you to grow, and you can grow to the size you want to grow. You can make it work for you, and if not, there wouldn't be so many different ones. So this is where people always say, you know, people get quite hung up on the different, the different ones. Well, it's actually pick one, make it work for you and grow your company and focus on your guests and, yep. you know, on, on actually making it a business. And that's, that's such an important thing. So yeah, I really like that. That's, that's really cool. So in terms of the T sheets or, or time sheets and, uh, and like you say, a PMS is, is just so important. So. We've talked obviously about the tech. We've talked about your, uh, your, your business. Let's talk about the book that, uh, has recently come out hospitable hosts, which you're one of the, uh, co-authors along with, uh, 39 other awesome, incredible, uh, hosts from across the world, including people like obviously Mark Simpson, got to mention him, <laughs> um, Julie George, <laughs> yeah. Jody Sterling. And, uh, I mean, we, we were talking to Tia Castle last week. We've talked to Paul Anderson. There's so many awesome, awesome people uh, within this book. And obviously, you know, the entire thing is to inspire and motor motivate people from across the world who are looking to get into the Airbnb space. So how did you get involved in that project? And, uh, what does it mean to be a hospitable host? Uh, that was an interesting story because, um, I was chatting with Julie George, and talking to her about my involvement with Legends X, and um, and and I'm in the process of um, looking for an exit route and selling, actually one day selling the company. Um, and 
I've also I've also get asked quite often on social media and here in the local community. So so when's the book coming out? When's your book coming out? Writing a, a full book because people with the music industry I was in and teaching college and traveling around the world and having Airbnbs, you know, and um, I don't really have time to blog as much as I'd like to. And so I had actually signed up for a book writing course with one of my favorite authors. And um, it was quite expensive and there was a 30 day money back guarantee. And, and, and I thought about it for, uh, for a few weeks. And then I actually messaged Julie about it. And she was like, well, why don't you just do this instead? But you've got to have a chapter written in four days. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so I was really late in the game. And, um, and, and, and so I was like, no problem. <laughs> I, I literally sat down and wrote it in one sitting. And it, because I mean, it's a lot what we just talked about in the beginning of this interview. It, it was just very easy for me to, to write. I mean, I mean, it helps that, you know, they, these people talk about how they're, um, hey, do you, everybody's going to get to be a published author. Well, I mean, I am a published author, but it's scientific manuscripts for, for the university. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a few of those, but I mean, I really was interested in starting to write a book. And so it was serendipitous. It just happened like at the timing was incredible. And um, yeah, I'm, and I'm really excited about it. And and then, and then to see some of the people that I went through the accelerator program with Legends X already on there, and they were excited to see me pop up because I think I was the last person added probably. And so, yeah, I'm really excited about um, um, getting that out there and um, even expanding on the story. You know, so, so somebody asked on the Facebook group, what was your biggest motivation uh, for um, being involved with this book chapter? And my answer was was motivation to get down and start actually writing the full length book. This is the taster then. So we can expect big things from uh, Toby Dior with the next book coming out. But just hearing your story of how you got started. And this is the key thing about this book is everyone's experience is unique. Everybody um, is their own unique genius. And they've they've created a business. Creating a business is very personable. You know, like it's, it's a case of how you've started your business like you say having taken that idea from europe for the hostel and then bringing it across uh to, to louisiana you know that's that's so uh not everybody would do that you know that's that's completely unique to to, to you guys so i was really excited to see you join the book and uh, obviously the book is now out so if anybody does want that it's worth going across to hospitablehosts.com and uh if you're a host as well it's worth registering your interest because i'm sure there's going to be more books um Jody Sterling is is the person who's who's put this project together, which started off as an idea about six months ago, and is now a uh, a book that you can go and buy on Amazon. So, yeah, cool to uh, to have that out there. Yeah, so, so it's interesting you brought up about the hostel situation. Uh, as far as I know, Airbnb has had two conferences, and they had the one in France that got cut short, and they had one in Los Angeles, and this is like ten years ago, and I'm I was sitting there with the top engineers. And they were all around a table. And I just remember saying, look, I've got a house and I've got bunk beds, four bunk beds and two private rooms. And I want the Airbnb calendar when somebody books a bunk bed to block out the house or if somebody rents my whole house. Mm -hmm. I want them to bunk, block out the beds. This is and they all just kind of looked at, at each other like no one's ever asked us that before. <laughs> 
Take the mold. Yeah, that's how long I've been hosting, you know, and now the question is, you know, how many places do you manage? Um, Back then it was back then it was how many reviews do you have? And and so, yeah, that when I was on that's how I met Jasper and got into Legends X was because, you know, I met him at a conference and it had nothing to do with Airbnb. And he was like, how many reviews do you have? And I was like, I don't know, about 2000. And he was like, I've never met anybody with 2000. <laughs> you want to be on my podcast? And that evolved into getting into Legends X years later. So um, that's that was a pretty interesting part of that whole story uh, was with changing. Uh, I'm not allowed to have uh, Hostel World and Hostels.com because I don't have a storefront. Um, and I never wanted one. So it's basically um, that's that's my business model. And I think it's so unique how people have huts and tree houses and things like that my business model is i have a hostel business but totally run through airbnb i don't think there's any other industry which is quite as as diverse as hospitality in terms of making it what you want to make it and still you know hospitality is incredibly uh forgiven on the fact that you can put what you want out there and you'll probably get you know, you, you, I always mention this, but the the vibe attracts the tribe. What you put out there is is the the people you're going to get, and you're going to be able to create a business out of that, which which is cool. So, you've obviously, um, you know, you you've started off with uh, one property, you've you've scaled up to twenty one uh, properties, but like you say, over fifty individual uh, listings or, or or things to manage. And you mentioned a second ago that you you know you, you're very much focused now on your travel blogging, and you know you want to move more into that. How has the travel blogging helped you with, you know, with hosting, but also what is that plan for the future as well? Um, the idea has always been to integrate the two. So uh, I've been to several travel bloggers conferences now. And the key there is, you know, you got to work hard for two years before you start making income. You got to develop a niche. And, um, and that's really something that I'm still searching for. Uh, what's interesting is that the two largest travel bloggers conferences uh, in the States right now, they were scheduled to be in New Orleans, two hours away, and in Lafayette, be, right before the pandemic hit. And everyone knew that, you know, my name tag, it had Lafayette, Louisiana. And so it was interesting. And I, that's when I really got fired up about jumping into the blogging. Um, but of course, that's when things changed and it, and, and eventually got me into Legends X was when all of our reservations got canceled, that whole situation kind of shut down with the blogging. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really haven't really honed that craft yet. And so because I had to save my Airbnb business and then what eventually happened with getting into Legends X then I doubled the size of my business <laughs> um, because just, just by accident. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting. I mentioned this a lot is uh, there's part of the program, which is really valuable about how to market to, to add more properties. I have never done, I've done zero marketing property marketing in my business and I've got five houses right now. I don't have time to jump on. And so that's where the travel blogging thing um has really kind of taken a back seat but i have taken some photography courses i've continued to travel um the people that are travel blogging are travel blogging because they want to be able to fund their travel airbnb has funded my travel before i even knew what travel blogging was that was the idea behind me starting airbnb from the very beginning 
was to get additional income to allow me to travel. And then, you know, the, so the travel blogging thing, it's still, even though I created the blog several years ago, um, it's still something that, you know, I stopped posting and started focusing on photography and Instagram. Um, but now this year, you know, one of my focuses is to start writing that book. And part of that is to take snippets and add it into the um, travel blog and, and start posting. Um, I started a regional travel travel blog and then uh, we'll just see what happens from there. But the Airbnb business right now, is, it's, it's exploding as it, most of us know um with the border time to be in it yeah so um so yeah it's just a it's a matter of time management and uh you know if anybody else is in any kind of situation like me i mean i think the big answer we talked about already is hire another va (laughs) so yeah It's, it's brilliant to see how um you know, optimistic and uh, solution-based thoughts, you know, that, that, that absolutely resonate from you, Toby. It's, it's absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah, what a great way to, to really draw it towards an end. And just before the end, what we'd like to do is just do a couple of quick fire questions. So these can be short or as long answers as you like, just a bit of fun. Um, so you've traveled a lot. Do you drive a go to hot or cold places? Definitely warm places. Um, and um in louisiana between may and august it can get into the hundreds fahrenheit and 80 90 humidity and so i'm gone and that's you know so uh, 10 days from now i'm I, I go to graduation and we our professors we have to attend our graduation and my flight leaves like 10 minutes later <laughs> nice. and, and so and i usually come back you know when the semester starts again um, teaching I'm, online, but I'm I just picturing, I'm picturing like the hat spinning as you're like, bye, I'm gone. <laughs> the hat's still spinning as you're like, my bags are ready and packed. <laughs> my apartment I'm in is, is unblocked for being able to book. So I, I think that's another interesting thing with me is that uh, I'm still single, um, I don't have children, and I've got a backpack that's always packed. And so that was another thing people here thought I was kind of crazy because I would literally move from one house to another like a half a mile away and into another one with a backpack. And then when I was ready to travel within an hour of me leaving, it, it gets booked the place that I'm staying in. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of different. I'm traveling backpacking in my own home city. Always, always being prepared. So beer or wine on your travels. Ooh, that depends where I am, <laughs> whether that place is known for beer or wine. But yeah, more. Yeah, I'm a beer drinker. Uh, Louisiana, South Louisiana is beer country. Uh, even though we do we do drink wine, it's 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 a big deal here. Craft beer here is amazing. Uh, I know a lot of places here in, in the United States have focused on um, breweries and that type of thing. And we have a couple of great ones. But uh, spicy food, Cajun food mixes with beer nice nice well when you travel to the uk you know you have to there's a few great breweries across the uk as well so oh, yeah. you'll definitely enjoy that um and lastly what would your top tip be for new hosts people who are just getting started what would the uh you know the one bit of advice you'd really give them the first the very first thing that i would do is look into your local um regulations and what's coming local laws Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- it, it hasn't been all that easy 
the road has been there's some been some bumps in the road um uh i did uh fight a lawsuit with the city um we had about 300 hosts at the time in lafayette and i was the only one that got sued for back taxes sales and hotel tax um i decided to rep represent myself in court without an attorney and won nice <laughs> uh, yeah my buddy who was a lawyer for six years he was like i've never even been to court yet you've already won a law a case <laughs> so uh, so yeah so that was yeah, that was a rough time though it was about a year and a half where you know i was studying to become a, an attorney uh, an airbnb attorney um but yeah check out your local reg re regulations and make sure you don't put all this time and effort um into starting a business and 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 um realizing later you know they've they've really cut really started to crack down on places like new orleans and new york and things like that um so yeah and i, I think i don't know i know this is a two-part answer but yeah definitely look into the virtual assistant aspect of it as well i can see how much uh, that's helped your business and how powerful uh, you know, just having a virtual assistant is just allowing you to to travel and to 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 do exactly what it is you want to do with your time, which which is amazing. And thank you so much, Toby, for for coming on. I've I've really enjoyed this. It's, it's, it doesn't feel as though uh, you know, it doesn't, there's no effort at all when when conversation flows like this. So uh, thank you so much. So how can people get in touch with you if uh, if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, the best way is um, my travel blog email. Um, and that's Toby at the Cajun traveler.com uh, Cajun with a C. I see some people spell it with a K out there. Um, so yeah, um, Toby at the Cajun traveler.com is the easy way through email um, with all the things I've gone got going on. I typically don't have my phone number out there, but um, yeah, e you can email me through the blog or just directly. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Toby. So that's it for another episode of Behind the Host. I uh, hope everybody listening has managed to get some tips from anything from, uh, you know, using uh, Upwork or, uh, you know, sort of, what is it called, uh, Virtual Star Finder to just taking action and, and going out there and, and doing it and, uh, you know, being able to travel while doing it, which is amazing. So thanks again, Toby, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. All right. Sounds great.